Welcome to the Goddess Got Goals podcast, episode number 81, where we're inviting back yet another guest onto the podcast who has been on before, hence why inviting back, right? <laughs> but this conversation is just like a conversation that we would have her and I often in a local cafe chatting about life, chatting about businesses and how we're helping our clients. But even more so, this conversation is so timely, but also supports the fact that my amazing good friend, Lee Campbell, who you're going to hear from today, um, has recently gone viral on a lot of uh, national publications, including the Daily Mail and on Yahoo, um, for talking about this topic, which is menopause and HRT, getting access to HRT, why you would maybe look at it you know, her own journey and her starting, you know, her current, you know, client base and how she's helping clients with her um, psychotherapy and hypnotherapy and stress and anxiety support as a coach um, has now also taken this additional layer to help women in perimenopause, menopause to get their sparkle magic back, but also to explore and find out what is best for them in this journey, uh, which is often overlooked, which is often not supported uh, or helped or, um, you know, in terms of medical help, medical support, or even within our own families, within our own relationships, etc. So, the conversation today is just one that normally happens, as I said, over a cuppa, um, but uh, I wanted to bring it here onto the podcast, but also to have the discussion, to open up these discussions, to make these discussions normal and normalized so that we can talk about the struggles that women are having, specifically when it comes to perimenopause and going through menopause and, um, you know, looking at what's happened and dispelling some myths about HRT, which is hormone replacement therapy, and also the struggles that, you know, um, post-pandemic, current, you know, things that are happening, especially in the UK as Brexit and all of these other things that are just impacting women to be able to get the, um, these essential things for themselves, whether they're doing it through the NHS here in the UK or where you can maybe help yourself to take the next step with that. There are going to be links and tools and other things that will pop in the show notes, but we really want this discussion to bring and highlight, you know, educating ourselves, empowering ourselves through through learning and through taking responsibility for our own health and what that next step might be. So join us now in this conversation as we talk about menopause and HRT. And as always, if you think, okay, you know, I know a friend, a colleague, a family member that needs to hear this message. Please, please, please share it out because this is what we want. We want to be able to empower as many women as possible to understand that this is just, you know, can be an easy part of our life and existence. Or if things are hard or challenging, what is the next step? How can we make this easier, right? How can we take um, responsibility for our own health? And what does that look like for us? And our choices might be different to someone else's, but we're here to help and support you to make that choice. So let's get started. Let's welcome Lee Campbell onto the Goddess Cockles podcast. Well, hello, my beautiful goddesses. How are you all? I'm so excited. I always start every podcast with I'm so excited, but I generally am excited. <laughs> but I'm even more excited because we not only have a repeat guest, but one that's going to bring with us some amazing topics that we need to talk about. We need to have these discussions. We need to make these commonplace discussions amongst women um, and also to maybe help you um beautiful ladies as we move through our perimenopause and menopause in life to give you some ideas and strategies and that's what we're going to do with the wonderful Lee Campbell so welcome to the Goddess Got Goals podcast Lee Campbell lovely to be back I love I with you so um yeah it's gonna be fun it's going to be fun. And I think what's interesting is these. Th this is just like everybody having a insight into what we talk about in a coffee shop. Yeah, <laughs> so we have some we have some discussions, don't we? And it's like we, we have these discussions in coffee shops um, and this is normal for us. And I'm not sure if it's normal for a lot of other people, but we mm -hmm. want to make it more normal. Right. We yeah. want to be able to normalize a lot of these conversations because 
um, when it comes to hormones, when it comes to menopause, when it comes to HRT, when it comes to all of these things, there seems to be a lot of taboo. There's a lot not talked about. There's misconceptions. Um, so we're going to use this amazing time to blow a few of those um, myths and misconceptions out of the water, but also maybe give both hope and some maybe some actions that ladies who are going through this currently as well can maybe take um from so before we get started now people will know you from the last time you're on and we will 100 link to that episode but tell us a little bit about why you are now moving more towards talking about menopause um specifically to do with the hrt stuff and just where you're at right now with your, yeah. with your business and what you're trying to do Part of the reason why I changed my business in a slightly different direction, I still do the work I did before, but I focus now more on midlife women, is because I didn't get the help I needed. There was nowhere for me to go. Um, and it's I don't want anyone else to suffer like that. And I want to bring the facts, bring the options, and also the neurological side of it is obviously with me being a psychotherapist and hypnotherapist, that's really important. Um, and it's never really talked about. They just hand out antidepressants and they just don't talk about it. And it, it's something that people don't realize that hot flushes and um, ins insomnia and all that kind of stuff is, is neurological symptoms of menopause. And I didn't even know that, you know, um, and I'm a psychotherapist. So um, I have found out through my own education and doing the training with Dr. Newson, who's a leading menopause specialist, um, that I'm able to shut out the noise and do what's right for me. And that is really what I want everybody to be able to do for themselves. They need to. That's perfect. Exactly the message that we want to get across with this episode is do what's right for you. So yeah. although we, you know, we're going to talk specifically about HRT and some other treatment plans and other different things, but the most important message we want you to take away from today is do what's right for you. And that might not be what the doctor is telling you. That might not be what your sister, your mom, your whoever is telling you. You need to spend time doing your own research, you know, maybe seeking out these experts, you know, listening to us today, whatever it might be. But ultimately, it comes down to do what's right for you. And I really want that to be the message today. So that's perfect. And without so, judgment and shame, because there's a lot of judgment and shame on both sides and it has to stop. Well, judgment and shame full stop needs to stop. Yep, we does. talk about judgment and shame a lot here on the podcast. Yeah. It's one of the major barriers for all women when it comes to it, wanting to achieve more or to better themselves. It really is. So, um, but we will continue that vein for sure here without the judgment and shame. So, uh, so tell us a little bit about um, what's been happening with you recently. We know that you have been heavily featured in some national publications specifically for your story um, about your difficulty to find HRT um, and talk a little bit about that and also you know what is HRT and what is it what is it meant for you so I started HRT three years ago when I was 43 <laughs> I don't remember that um, and I was really struggling with a whole lot of things but recently the reason that I was in the news was because there's a lot of shortages of body identical gel which is exactly cellular cellularly structurally the same as your body um and it's made from yams as well so it's become very very popular because it is body identical it is very safe and unfortunately lots and lots of people have been asking for it and then they can't get it and I was in the independent and it went a bit viral it was picked up by Yahoo and it was 26 million plus people wow. which was which was amazing because it's like you're sharing your story to help others and it's like yes get this story out there for other women as well um and then I was featured in the Daily Mail after that as well so um all around high HRT shortage is affecting me and millions of other women um living their lives the best way that they can it's it's um it's for some of us we need it and it's right. not a case of well, just yeah. well let's talk about that mm. so let's talk about your journey to to discovering that hrt was the choice for you right yeah. so let's start first of all with let's bring it all the way back to perimenopause mm. and your story because i know that yours is a particularly challenging one and yeah you know, with the interactions you've had with doctors and all of that so, yeah, if so let's dive into that bit I was the fittest and healthiest I've ever been in my life happiest fittest healthiest at 41 I thought this is brilliant I've got this you know I've got midlife sussed yeah. and then all of a sudden I started 
bleeding like I was dying every couple of months. And I was told it was my age, but yet there was nothing to help. And it was only through studying about that. It was my progesterone. So your progesterone is the first to dip and it goes steadily like this, right? So mine was very, very low. And that's why I was flooding because the estrogen was unopposed and it hadn't started to decline at that point. But I was really suffering. Like I wasn't able to work for two or three months at a time. Um, and the only thing they offered me was the coil and I'm not into that at all. Um, and it's synthetic progesterone called progestin. And this is the thing that I want to say. I take the other part of my HRT, apart from the body identical gel for estrogen, I take progesterone, which is natural, body identical. It's the only one. It's called eutrogestin. And it's not synthetic progesterone. And it's really important because it is natural. <laughs> That's just basically it. Um, it doesn't suppress your hormones like synthetic hormones do. Um, but yeah, so I was getting increasingly which also, which also contraception does, which is suppress yes. and manipulate your hormones. We, yes. we work with the cycle, not suppress and manipulate it for sure. Yeah. So the body identical HRT supplements you. It doesn't suppress you. And that's really, really important. And also for risks and things like, and safety as well. Um, but for me, that was the start of it. And then the doctors wouldn't really help me much. Um, gave me all sorts of hormonal non-contraceptives and all different things. And I was still suffering. I was standing on stage in Birmingham and I flooded the stage and ended up in hospital. I passed out in airports and that just wasn't good enough for me. Um, but then I started with the, for me, I'm usually very confident and very happy person. And I was waking up in the middle of the night um, feeling dread, like my parents were going to die in about an hour's time like totally illogical totally not good not sleeping so therefore it impacts your whole life um and actually i was pretty much at risk of losing my business because i couldn't work um i have never had hot flush so i want to make it clear you do not have to have hot flushes it is not a prerequisite for perimenopause um i had joint pains as well and um i was weight training a lot and i gave that up and that was really soul destroying for me i could hardly get out of bed i felt like i was 90. So that was my start to perimenopause. And I had a great diet. I was very healthy. I tried acupuncture. I did all the sort of things in my head at the time thinking, I'm not going to give in. I'm going to keep going. I'm, you know, all the things women say to themselves, I'm not giving in. <laughs> I'm going to suffer on. Um, and I decided, no, I wasn't going to suffer on anymore. Um, and I went and found the right help that I needed, you know, which involved a lot of research. Right. And I mean, I think that's the key thing. Like we have had um, another lady come in to talk about her journey with perimenopause mm -hmm. and how she almost murdered somebody with a knife. And yeah. may joke about this right now, but in that moment, that's how, you know, that that anger and stuff that she had. Yeah. And doc doctors were going to send her to anger management rather than actually like, hold on, there's a reason why suddenly this yes. very peaceful, loving person. Yeah. I, I, I suffered antidepressants three times in one appointment. And like, I'm a psychotherapist. I know I'm not depressed. I was like, I'm not depressed. I'm waking up in the middle of the night because my cortisol is rising. My estrogen's dropping. My progesterone's through the floor. And I'm not depressed. And the fact that, you know, none of the hormone discussions are happening, is it's, it is it is a sad situation. Right, right. So I... Yeah. Um, so yes, let's so that let's talk about the research and the journey you went through yourself with regards to that. Because again, I want to empower women here, or I want them to step into their power with regards to knowing that sometimes it might fall to you to put this effort in. Um, we can obviously recommend and talk about your your wonderful mm -hmm. specialist that you went to, but I think the most important part of that is that you went enough's enough. I'm going to take responsibility here. I'm going to take charge. Yeah that was that was really nobody was helping me so I thought and because of what the work I do I'm very solution focused anyway um and I had the strength to do it not every woman has the strength to do it um it's so basically I started researching why and what was going on with me um and then I found um lots of different factual information but I read a book called estrogen matters and it's by an oncologist breast cancer specialist called of Avram Blooming. Well, and he, I heard to put a link to the show notes yeah. so you can check it out. So he is a, he he is like the expert in this. Um and it really opened my eyes to taking HRT. Um because like most women they're 
maybe have concerns about breast cancer because that's what's been told is the risk, right? However, when you read this book, you realize actually that that isn't quite the case and how the studies, the old studies, the one that created all the problem in the first place was based on 63 year old women who were well past menopause, as in the time, you know, 50, 51, obviously they were overweight they were drinking, they had heart problems, lots of different things, and then given high doses of synthetic HRT. So the study itself was very, very flawed. And if you actually go into most of the studies, you actually see that estrogen reduces your risk of breast cancer. It's more when you have synthetic progesterone that the slightest increase happens. And that actually, if you drink a glass of wine every night and you're really overweight, you're actually some hugely more at risk of breast cancer than yep. taking yep. any just did an episode called um do you coffee up and wind down um mm. or thereabouts i think it was called and we looked specifically at the links between mm. wine and caffeine as well mm. and breast cancer and cyst formation and things like that so i'll put a link to the to the mm. uh, show in that but yeah I think that this was the the topic and chat that we had um Mm -hmm. most listeners know in terms of my own history of my mum who did have cancer who we think it either started in the lung or the breast and then went to her brain but my mother although she died very young she was only 61 um she was a long-term smoker long-term drinker particularly northern irish in those natures Mm -hmm. um so even though her that she had similar what you've described there the flooding and things like that, she was probably already very high estrogen or estrogen dominant um, mm-hmm. because of these you know the lifestyle choices that she'd made. Um, although she ate very well um, in terms of uh, how how she ate lots of fresh mm-hmm. vegetables and things like that. Obviously got no exercise because that's not mm-hmm. what we're prioritized in the way that we mm-hmm. think about it now. But for me, when I knew that she had HRT you know that was the thing that they said you know just tipped it over the edge but that was because the doctors in my experience didn't do their due diligence of okay well if she's taking a synthetic uh, progesterone and she's already estrogen dominant and she has these lifestyle factors that are very prevalent yeah. um, and you know she was honest with those things that should never have happened no it shouldn't yeah if you're monitored correctly if you make a decision that this is what you need and this is what you want and life is better with it then you should get the care to manage that and look after you i have history of ovarian cancer my grandmother died at my age so it was a thing that i did think about because it can be estrogen related but a lot of it isn't um and even vulval vaginal cancer they're not estrogen related and neither is you know there's a lot of talk about certain cancers being estrogen related but they're not and i think that also needs to be dealt with, but that's a different conversation. But I know actually that there was a study, how random is this that this is in my brain? There was a study that was done in like the 19, I want to say 60s, about the effect of estrogen on heart disease, as an example. Mm-hmm. But do you know how many people were in that study? How many women were in that study? None. Yeah, the thing on men. <laughs> we treated right? like little men. That's what right. we treated like. Yep. This and this is just goes to show in terms of of, of that that you know mm-hmm. that we aren't even studying the effect of estrogen mm-hmm. on these things. So I can understand why the doctors are having difficulty because it's just not in their repertoire. It's not in their their history. No. But it's still not good enough. It's not good it's enough. It's not good enough. And and none of the doctors here receive any training going through medical school. That has to change because these things have a knock on effect with osteoporosis, our brain health, our, our sleep, our mental health. I've, I have so many women who are referred to fibromyalgia consultants who are referred yep. to heart consultants because they have palpitations all the time. And there's yep. absolutely nothing wrong with them except their hormones are changing. Um, and not once in like five, seven, ten years does a doctor say to this woman um, or these women that this might be the case. So you sort of think surely out of like six, seven doctors, somebody might go, it might be your estrogen. Yeah. And it's it's interesting. um, I'm very lucky to have, you know, had direct contact and a relationship with a um, Harley Street medical um, doctor who was both pharmaceutically and nutraceutically, yes, so holistic 
friend who um, actually invented a, an amazing thing for menopause, but he's a, as a breast cancer specialist as well. Mm. And the thing that he was, that's why he had, he moved. He literally changed from being a GP pharmaceutical um, doctor to like more functional doctor style and more into the hormones. Cause he's like, this is the area that we need help. This is the area yeah. that just the gap so although he's private now he's actually offering amazing tools for women specifically during hormonal changes and is actually even also advocating for infrared style breast evaluations instead of horrible um mammograms yeah Yeah. i just had one (laughs) and i'm not exactly small on top either so it's never 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 like literally turn them into cheese toasties um but yeah yeah. so i was very lucky that yeah the specialist that i went to she is very holistically minded as well as very fact and evidence-based as well which i'm very i love science and i love the evidence and that sort of helps me but as you know i'm very quite woo woo as well so um I like the balance that I get from, from what I do as well. Um, but yeah, without that support from that specialist, I don't think I'd be where I am now. I think I'd have lost everything because the GP wouldn't even, I was 41, 42 at the time. You're too young. You're too young, but it's your age. Like, so what does that even mean? Yes. Yes. And what is it? Is it this? Is it that? Yes. Yeah, so- I was pleading with them for hysterectomy at that point. And actually four years on, I'm still waiting for an ablation which, which as well yes I had somebody on on my Facebook page and I was like talking to them um and they're based actually in the states and I was like you know she's like no I'm just going for the I can't I can't do mm. anymore and I'm I'm never one to talk anybody into or out of anything I'm not here to convince anyone we're here to provide information to help people empower themselves but I mm. did reach out to her and said look you know let's look at other options you know because you know it's very invasive like that's oh yeah and the one one thing they didn't tell me about the ablation to help with the bleeding was it actually makes you infertile i was 41 like i hadn't really necessarily decided about what i wanted to do with my future life having kids or whatever i had pretty much decided i wasn't but at the same time if i'd met somebody that might have come into my life i might have changed my mind um and you can still have a baby when you're perimenopausal so it was just like so yeah nobody tells and in fact, you have like a last little minute but burst of yeah um, yeah, yeah so, like the consent wasn't even there you know that 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 worries me um and it is very important that when you do decide to go to a gp and they do help you with the hrt that it is shared decision making that it is your choice and that it's a shared pathway it it should not be them telling you antidepressants or not or it's your choice if you can show that you're knowledgeable that you're your own advocate this is your decision then you should be able to trial it for three months they should not say no yes and i think that that's in a lot of the time you know it is working i always say you need like an orchestra for health right? <laughs> overall health and, and 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 wellness is an orchestra of people or a team of people right mm-hmm. So, you know, yes, does the GP play a role for certain things? 100%, you know, and also especially if you are trying to get prescribed certain medications, because it's not that medications are bad, it's knowing when and how they can be used to help and support you, but also understanding the side effects or the knock-on effects of that. You know, if you think about how a GP's motivation is, and it's not, again, not their fault, it's just the way the system is set up, is more often they're they're incentivized by the number of people that are taking certain products, the types of products that they're taking in terms of the prescriptions, et cetera, and just how quickly they can see people. That's it. That's kind of that they're 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 um you know incentivized by so you know it doesn't really serve them to go into lengthy conversations about what's going on um doesn't serve them not to prescribe you something or at least attempt to prescribe you something and it literally is just you know treating people on mass generally you know that's what a general practitioner is yeah they are general so if you are struggling try and seek somebody who's a specialist who knows what they're talking about and whose life it is like if you think about your life's purpose and what you enjoy doing and how you do that in the world and how much you like enjoy the studying and that the, the, the serving and all of that mm. that's what a specialist is like they they've dedicated their life to this particular you know area this 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 focus etc so let mm. them do what they are you know good at and i love that uh, to support yeah. that 
Yeah, so, I mean, I'm educating my doctors in my surgery um, by telling them where to get the best, you know, training from. They have training access free on their every computer in the surgeries in every part of the UK. They can log on to 14 Fish, do the confidence and menopause training, and they're done. I've done it. So for me, if I've done it, they can do it. Um, you know, and it covers everything from the natural remedies to body identical HRT um, and the old style HRT, which they don't use really anymore. Um, so most of them don't know that, though. And that's yeah. the thing. It's all awareness. And it's not their fault they don't know it. But if we tell them and they still don't do it, yeah. that's we when. Have, um, we have another uh, guest who was on that. I you think you maybe listened to that podcast already, which was about healthcare corruption exposed. And we were bringing him back to have the conversation specifically about hormones. And really, mm -hmm. that's where his his journey started, because that's what he saw was that there was no help with that. Um, and he started to, you know, and also how that specifically in the US, the drug companies around, you know, they didn't want you to access these because it was doing them out of, <laughs> doing them out of work and money and profit from antidepressants and the other things that they get. Yeah, because doctors get extra money for prescribing depression. So yeah. this, it is not even, even the, the nice guidelines, and the British Menopause Society, none of them will tell you that antidepressants are first line treatment for hormone deficiency. Why treat a hormone deficiency with that? I mean, you can try diet, holistic, all sorts of things to help yourself anyway. And it, it, it gets me really angry. So this is where I get really, even they, they give them out and don't read the guidelines. And I'm like, these are these are antipsychotic drugs. They're not just a hormone supplement that you take a small amount of to help you feel good. They are they make you feel like this. Right. You're neither up or down, or you can feel worse. And it also, you know, this it works against your weight loss as well. Works and, you know, so same. if you've got low estrogen and antidepressants it's like a double yeah, of, of ballooning and making and then which again has a knock-on effect with your confidence and it yeah. just goes and goes and goes yeah. yeah I mean it's not a solution and it's not even I wouldn't even say that it's even trying to deal with the symptoms because it's no, not it a band-aid it's just I, a full-on stick that band-aid on let's yeah. next please yeah. it's here's the band-aid move on um, so, they also give out, um, there's a certain drug, propanolol for anxiety. There's never been any studies in this world that show that that helps anxiety, not one. Wow. So like it, 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 it's also very irritating when you hear that. So I get clients, you know, who are on antidepressants, you know, beta blockers, then they're on other things for pain and you're just like, no, this is not, you know, a good mix. Um, you know, look at the root cause first. Yeah. Um, and, well, you mentioned at the beginning, and I'd like you to let's dive into the the neurological side of things, which yeah. is you know, the brain stuff, yeah. because you talked about hot flushes, you talked about insomnia, you talked about other things that tend to come as an effect of perimenopause mm -hmm. and menopause, yeah. um, increased anxiety, um, like that sense yeah. of yeah, all those 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 that are mental and emotional things. So. Mm -hmm. Um, talk on that a little, could you? Of course. Um, so your your brain controls your temperature. So when you start to lose your estrogen and it can't find it to control that temperature, it senses that you're too hot. So then it makes you sweat. And that's basically what it does. It's doing what it needs to do in that moment to keep you happy, to keep you cooler. But then you're suffering because you're waking up in sweat and you're flushing all day and all that sort of thing. Um, insomnia is pretty much the same thing you're waking up your estrogen's dropping your progesterone is what keeps you more or helps you get to sleep and then your estrogen's what keeps you asleep so if they're all out of balance it's not going to help you sleep um and the anxiety thing those hormones keep you quite a lot more calm progesterone's very good at calming mm -hmm. estrogen's very good at making us more i think more what's the word people pleasing possibly yeah. um right um without going into too much right yeah, so when that starts to all shift you actually can i swear on this podcast yes <laughs> the, actually you actually start to give less of a shit about yes. things right apathy, so, apathy, um, apathy, you, yep. right so you can get more angry that's another yep. symptom as well the rage but it's not always a bad thing 
You know, yeah. people say, because it's women, oh, you shouldn't be angry. You're allowed to be angry sometimes. Or you should not give a shit either. You should care about yeah. everything like a big earth mother. And yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. So you, you know, it's all of starting to realize where you are in, in your life at that age. And, you know, I can actually change things. I This is like a reset. Can you use it as a reset? And a, like, what do I really want? What have I been putting up with for 20 years when yeah. actually I shouldn't have been? Right. But also the, you know, things like hypnotherapy, psychotherapy, CBT are very good at helping you with hot flushes and, you know, the control room of the brain we would use a lot to kind of um, help you with that if you can't take HRT or don't want to. Um, it's also very effective for anxiety because yeah. it breaks the habit. So eye movement therapy is another one that I've just trained in and it's just amazing at, at getting rid of those dark thoughts. Um so you can, there's a lot you can do for your brain um, without accessing the, the extra hormones. Um, and it's like a puzzle. It really helps. So even if you do take HRT, work on this too. You know, work on what you want. And, work on, and then work, and work on the body too and yeah. all those things. But yeah. I, I, um, I mean, the thing that you just talked about there, it's interesting because you know, I have just done a podcast talking about my own things I've been doing with my own uh, feeling of perimenopausal. Mm -hmm. I have definitely noticed some symptoms. Now, I am a very self-aware problem person, probably <laughs> more. I know you are. So much. I'm like constantly going, oh, how am I feeling? And what's going on? And why is this happening? And that sort of thing. But I never do it from a fear or or mm -hmm. amping up my anxiety. I do it out of general curiosity, but also because I believe in the power of my own choices to try and figure and root things out. And I enjoy that process. You know, but one of the things that did come up recently, and that's so interesting that you said it, which was apathy. You know, for me, I'm a very goal-driven person. I'm very focused. You know, I really enjoy being, you know, um, active and working towards something and caring and all of these things. And I just started to feel a bit like, meh. Mm. Like I just didn't give, literally didn't give a shit. That's yeah. exactly how that, I felt. That was me too. And me I was too. like, this is not like me. This is really interesting. So again, I, you know, knowing what I know, I was like, okay, if you're, you know, if this is a perimenopausal symptom, which I think it is based on what I know, what do I need to do to look after my estrogen and progesterone? Now this yeah. might sound like the most random question to ask yourself on a day. Like if you're waking up, like I wake up and I often think, what does my brain need today? Like I do. Brilliant way. I wish everybody thought that way. Or what is my what does my hormones need today? Yeah. And um, you know, knowing what I know about, okay, well, maybe you're starting to move into an estrogen dominance, which is also affecting your insulin, which is why my midsection was getting bigger. Like this is how this all knocks on. Mm. So I was like, what can I do for my estrogen dominance, you know, or what can I do to help that? help that yeah. seesaw you know bring itself back into play so i i know that i already do good things i eat very well i do my strength training but a couple little things were just starting to like creep back in as they always do things like taking too many artificial sweeteners there's a there's a lot of studies about mm -hmm. artificial sweeteners insulin triggering estrogen and da, 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 yeah. Yeah. So that was one that i looked at um and then you know things that actually help the body to break down the estrogen so that poor oh, progesterone, really important. Yeah, yeah. So poor progesterone isn't like struggling to to do everything so mm. um you know things like um more hot baths hot tubs steam rooms you know taking my milk thistle to help my liver with the breakdown of that yep. you know and then looking at well what supports what what am i having in my diet that supports estrogen so really upping my fiber you know things like that but for me that's interesting like i'm like i'm going to try that and then see if this works and then yeah. i did i also went to a healthcare practitioner who helped me work on my brain a bit and between those two things i was like okay and literally within a couple of weeks i'm back like it literally healed myself that quickly yeah. with those practices so, i mean i think a lot of the women that i see are just they're not heard or listened to right so they feel like they're powerless and then when they do try to speak to somebody about it they don't have the confidence or the resilience to do it and that's where the mindset work really comes in with this um you can get through this without feeling horrid you may yeah. have your ups and downs yeah you will have moments or days where you just go oh you know i'm tired yeah. right but then as you say think about what don't does my body need tired. today yeah. don't make yeah. yourself feel bad because you're tired yeah. yeah exactly rest if you can don't feel guilty for resting you know i think again women we're so good at keeping everybody else 
in our circle well and happy, but we're not necessarily looking after ourselves. And it is a time in our lives we've elderly parents, possibly kids, schools, exams, all that kind of stuff. But it's essential that you sit and go, hey, I need a day off or I need to go away for a day or I need time out or I need to get acupuncture, go see Lisa, go see Lee, whatever it is. You need to prioritize this time in your life because it's setting yourself up for the next third of your life. We live on average 30, 40 years longer than we used to post-menopause. So we need to learn how to live well for that rest of your time. Um, yeah, I think that's a perfect way to think of it because the mm -hmm. first third of our lives, to be honest with you, we don't really, we're not mindful at all. We're, we're not. Like our bodies are indestructible, etc. The middle third, we start to feel the effects of that first third by how we've eaten, how we've trained, the mindset stuff, and how we've worked. I can 100% say to you that if you don't do good work in this middle third, one, that, that third third will not yep. be very long number no. one which is a horrific thing to say but very true and even if it is long it can end up being horrible in terms of how you feel so this is not about how long you live but how well you live yeah and i think that lifespan should be equal health span as well yes, right? absolutely so, i don't want to live till i'm 90 and feel horrible right you know? like you know you, you might look there's a lot of um I, I do a lot of pictures where I see you know ladies that are living older and the, there's a mixture between ones that are still kicking ass and taking names in their 70s and 80s whether they're in the gym or they're doing their yoga or they're being really active or mm. the ones that have sounds terrible but you've fallen down and broken a hip because again this mm. uh, estrogen leads to osteoporosis leads to yeah. you know you've got sarcopenia yeah. also happening in there with the That's muscle it. loss and yeah. all of these things so it's not that we're fighting against these things like i must you know not have sarcopenia and osteoporosis mm -hmm. and cancer and all. it's mm -hmm. understanding that it's within our power and within our responsibility that we mm -hmm. can do small things like we're not talking you know, big, massive things here, small little tweaks in how you eat, how you look after your mental health, how you prioritize your self-care, how you advocate for yourself with your medical practitioners and things like that. These small little things can have a massive, massive effect. And yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, my aunt, she's 77 and she teaches Pilates. So she's, she's, right? she's a walking, living. Example of that. Example right? of that. Now, my mom had double hip replacements at 52 um due to osteoarthritis but she was a gymnast when she was younger so the impact of of the hormones did not help um other she was you know she really struggled um so i was worried that i would struggle and that's part of the reason why when i when it did hit me that i did decide no i'm not going to be like this if i can avoid it <laughs> you know um and not, and the thing is you're not your mom that's the other oh. thing you're also genetically, right. you know, and yes, although it might lead you to, you know, either want to be more like them or be less like them or, mm. you know, with our parents, sometimes we do the opposite or we, you know, or we want to strive to be better or whatever, or, you know, we've got, you know, great genes and all of these things too. Mm. So I feel like, yes, but also I feel like it's a different, it's a different culture that we live in now. Yes, we are feeling the ramifications of that culture from feminism and the patriarchic systems and don't ask me all about those things yes, so I, will, I will happily uh, chat about those for hours but you know we didn't have like even you know that thought my mother would never have stepped foot in the gym she wouldn't even yeah. go to a yoga class or pilates like that would be weird for her right yeah. that's just that's just the way that they were brought up you know she didn't walk she didn't really do any sort of exercise but she never sat down either right until she hit her 40s where she probably just started to run done you know yes I think that's what many women say to me they they feel like they're running done um and they are because they're not actually resting properly or looking after not themselves. Resting, they're not prioritizing themselves and so we'll say it one more time ladies this is just the middle third there's that final third but we want you to be friggin epic in there like think about you know what that means like my mom didn't make it to her or my dad make it to their final third realistically so for me that was the, the I've, mm -hmm. i do everything now thinking about that final third to be honest with you mm -hmm. so you know but because yes i want to enjoy life now and i want to feel good right now but i also want to feel good then and well you can do mm -hmm. both that can be possible yes. so okay if we're going to because we're going to have to round it up even though mm -hmm. I can't we can talk for hours can we <laughs> um, what 
like actions what like if you were to like sit down with somebody right now who is having a hor you know horrendous symptoms or whatever what would be the two to three things that you would say right this is what i would suggest you do How number you one sorry monitor your symptoms right yeah. keep a diary of them so you notice any patterns so that you can see the weeks that you feel worse what can you do in that time or if you're feeling you know it also creates a report you can go online and create a symptom report on the balance website balance app um, to give to your GP if you want to go down that route and ask for HRT so it provides them almost like a medical report so instead of saying I have an itchy foof for instance it says I have vaginal atrophy right yeah. doctors understand that terminology more than the other um so so what's the name of that app again and we'll put the link in the show notes the name to the app. balance balance, balance yeah and it helps you produce a report for any medical professional that you're going to see so that it's in their language and you don't have to then think about oh my god what am I going to say I, and you, forget. Going, you always forget you always forget what you're going to say and also if you're feeling good on that day it's hard to talk mm. about feeling bad right yeah that's it um and sort of just it research why you have those symptoms so like balance website's brilliant it's all pdfs and evidence-based research on on why what's happening to your hormones why you're dropping why this is happening it's very very good um and anything on there really for evidence-based fact information that's the only website you probably need to go to in that way if you want to know the basic facts and evidence of what's happening to you it shuts out all the noise and that's what we want there's so much noise at the minute mm -hmm. about female health and everything else and there's a lot of people jumping on the midlife menopause bandwagon trying to sell you menopause shampoo and whatever else menopause skincare and all I'm like no just look after your skin and your health and you'll still be pretty glowy and nice you know um but you know what I mean it's like I know I see it everywhere I really do so. yeah and um you know make sure your vitamin d levels are good your vitamin b your, I didn't hear you know, her say that, by the way, if anybody's listening, she just does it because we talk about this a lot. But vitamin D health, very important for hormones. Yeah, huge. Yeah, <laughs> huge, huge. It's one of the most important things. And we're all pretty low on it in these countries, the Northern Hemisphere. Yep. We need a lot more than we're told that we need. Um, vitamin B12, if you're low on that, can mimic perimenopause symptoms. It's yep. not always going to be perimenopause. It can be something else, you know. That's the other thing. So blood tests are good in a way to eliminate anything. But if you're over 45 and symptomatic, you are entitled to try HRT for your symptoms if you wish. Um, under 45, they tend to do the blood test just again to make sure everything's okay. But even that, most of the time they come back normal because of the fluctuating. So that's the other thing. Thank you for the reminder. Blood tests, always ask for a copy of your blood tests. Go and look online what is low, what is high, and how you feel. Because my low made me feel horrific, right? But I was still normal. Ah, normal okay. Right? My progesterone was really low, and I was still normal. But I didn't understand why I was still normal. So I went and got the copy. And be your own advocate where that's concerned. You know, yeah. it's, you just have to Google that, and you'll find out exactly. You don't need to know the meaning of it to be honest or what what the measurements are as in like micrograms or whatever but as long as you can see a chart and you say right well I'm really low in the normal that's maybe why I feel so rubbish um so yeah so and some people um like here I think in England you can actually get your results on an app we can't yet so you have to ask for it and if you don't know to ask for it yes you don't know you can also even get your um vitamin d levels tested and then yeah. you can actually be prescribed vitamin d so if you're worried about the cost of that by the way um but you have to advocate for that no doctor will give you a vitamin d test you have to ask for it um and then again if you're worried about cost and you want to especially if in the uk and you want to do this on uh, national insurance or whatever then you know for sure make the more that you document the more you can yeah the more you write down before you go to an appointment the better because yeah. it does help you get what you need and get the answers that you need instead so what of like if they wanted to go beyond the gp so what would be a tip for that um look for the british menopause society they've got lots of private specialists and they will tell you where your local one is you will get a lot more time you will get a lot more listened to i couldn't but when i went and had my online it's all done online mainly now um 
just being heard and being listened to and not being gaslighted into thinking I was going crazy. That for me was the biggest change when I actually said, I'm not crazy. I am menopausal at 42. When everyone was telling me I wasn't. Right, right, right. We've had we have quite a few ladies in our community yeah. who were early menopausal too, and the same thing. Mm -hmm. It was the same thing. They were like, it can't yeah. be. And the, the things I've worked with ladies who are 28 postmenopausal, and they haven't had any help whatsoever because they've been told, look, it'll, it's just your hormones, and they've been like that since they were a teenager. And you're like, no, if they actually don't have estrogen therapy, then osteoporosis and things will they need it? Mm -hmm. They absolutely yeah. need it. It's slightly different to when you get older, but um, yeah, you just yeah just do your research go private if you want to if you can afford to i would absolutely recommend you go and see either a private um menopause specialist on the british menopause society website or find like the hormone doc on instagram she's fantastic she's also a breast she's suffered with breast cancer so she's brilliant for both sides of the an argument but you know if you've suffered yeah, with yeah. breast cancer yeah. you are neglected in this field hugely she's brilliant um so again just find those specialists that feel right for you um kinesiology helped me too um eliminating things out of my diet finding out yeast was a problem for me mm -hmm. and since i've eliminated that quite a lot i'm not so good these days i'm not always perfect but it has helped massively with bloating and all of that sort of thing so yes yeah, yeah. So um, I think that I think that's that's good. Those are good action points that we'll put lots of information in the show notes. Um, and just want to say thank you for coming on because this is a topic that needs to be talked about and not just yes. sort of brushed under some sort of carpet. We need to, you know, be proactive and we also need to empower ourselves with this information. So we will definitely put those links in the show notes where they can go and, you know, continue some research or, or find that out. And also where can they hear about you? So where's the best place for people to come find you? The best place, there's two places, Instagram. So I'm on as Lee Campbell Coaching or I have a wellness um, healing, uh, menopause healing hub on Facebook as well. So um, those will be the two places you'll find me most. If you reach out to her, even if you slide into her DMs on Instagram, she can help you with joining that Facebook group or anything like that too. So again, sometimes, as you've just said, just to be seen and heard is the first step, just to feel like you are not alone. You're not going crazy. You know, you're not again dying or like some of these symptoms especially with those heart palpitations and things oh, yeah. really freak yeah. us out so yeah um, so many women go to a e for the, that reason and yeah. there's nothing wrong with them it's just that hormone fluctuation yeah um so don't don't be scared don't be frightened i think there's a lot of talk about it at the minute and it's like it's scaring a lot of women who are not quite there yet and i would just say don't be frightened it's a time to know your body get to know it and know what works for you when we've been told for the last 20 30 years you know not to think about it exactly and yeah i mean i've talked about this in the podcast too in terms of embracing our cycles we we, we do embrace mm -hmm. our cycles we understand our circadian rhythms and we embrace it love it and okay. you know i think that this time can be a joyous time for just understanding that this is just the next step of being a woman it's yeah. not the end of being a woman it's not any of those things that we tell ourselves that it's just the the next transition the next phase yeah and it can be fabulous and it can be fabulous right and you can get your sparkle back and you can feel all of the things that you felt with and and with actual there's other benefits that we didn't get to but um we can maybe mm -hmm. come back and talk about other things that you know if you think about it from a different angle and a different perspective it can actually be a really empowering time for us yes that's what so, I um, so we'll have her back we'll have her back and we'll have mm -hmm. her back talking about those things but thank you so much for joining uh it's been great as i said we could we could chat for hours but i'm sure my audience <laughs> is like this podcast is long enough so thank you yes, so much take <laughs> uh, inspired action now but thanks again and thank you for coming on and we'll see you again very soon always a pleasure Wow, what an amazing conversation and what a conversation to bring forth this 
oh, this topic that can, you know, be challenging, can be really life, you know, affecting, um, but then become life affirming or changing for a lot of women out there. So uh, thank you so much, Lee Campbell, coming onto the podcast. But if you ladies want to take the next step and learn a little bit more about Lee or some of the tools or resources that she talked about, then go on over to the show notes on the podcast on our website. Um, this is episode 81. So go on over to warriorgoddesskettlebelltraining.com forward slash podcasts forward slash 81, um, where you will get all the resources that you need to um, to make that next step for you, right? What's going to be good for you? Um, not good for everyone, not good for, you know, what your mother did, what your friend did, what, you know, what your doctor is even telling you, but what is good for you. So as always, we love, love, love to hear how this episode impacted you, how it might help or serve you. You can come and continue our conversation over in our tribe community of the Goddess Got Goals podcast. Go on over to warriorgoddesskettlebellturning.com forward slash tribe, where you can not only sign up to get these podcasts direct into your inbox, but also join that free Facebook group to continue the conversation and help and get extra help and support. Or you can reach out in all the usual ways. Come on over to Instagram at at Lisa underscore Barwise. You can slide into my DMs there and ask or comment about what you thought about this podcast or email us as always at hello at warriorgoddesskettlebelltraining.com. All right, this is us for the day. I'm so pleased that we got to have this conversation and this message out there. And as always, please support um, the podcast by sharing it out, by rating, reviewing, all of these things help us to continue to have these communications to have this conversation and to help as many women as we possibly can and as always we will see you same time same place next week but until then bye for now well you made it to the end my friend you are seriously my favorite kind of person honestly total badass if you like this episode we've got a whole bunch waiting for you with show notes, promo codes, discounts, and freebies at warriorgoddesskettlebelltraining.com forward slash podcasts. And don't forget to hit subscribe on your favorite podcast platform or leave us a review. We really like that. Or why not continue to be part of our community and register to join the tribe, the Goddess Got Goals podcast tribe community. Come on over to warriorgoddesskettlebelltraining.com forward slash tribe. And I'm looking forward to catch up with you next week or maybe in the next episode. Your super friend.